Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Rendell Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here. Right here, either at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson or, or maybe the audio realm, wherever audio podcasts can be found. Of course, that right. this is the Matt Chat weekly version uh, of the show. We reach out to our patrons at $20 and up on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We have a variety of reward tiers over there. $5 gets you all sorts of bonus content. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we got a slew of great questions today. Fantastic questions. I'll tell you what. First... From uh, Jacksonville's uh, Nombe One. Gion Halili. Take it away, Gion. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's Nombe One. Matt Chatter, Gion Halili, back with another Matt Chat question. This week, my question is about Randy Orton. Specifically, how he's doing such an amazing job of being like one of the top heels on Raw. So, my question is why aren't there any other good heels on WWE TV? Like, you know, The Fiend was supposed to be a big heel, but people cheer for him. So why hasn't there been a brand new top heel built that's not Baron Corbin? Uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Too sweet, too good. Later, guys. Thank you, Gion. Thank you, Gion. It's tough times. It's hard to be a heel these days, man. Here's, it's a double-edged sword, dude. This is the deal. Either you're, you're, you're a heel who is doing such good work that the crowd can't help but appreciate you. Now, that's one. This is one thing. The, the, the death of kayfabe has really, I think, done a number on how easy or difficult it is to be a heel. Because so like a movie with a movie, you get drawn into this world, mm-hmm. right? Where the, if the world building is good enough or the performances are good enough, if the, if the writing is good enough, what do you want out of a heel? You want somebody who you want. You need to see them get their comeuppance, right? So if you take a look at movie villains like Biff Tannen, for example, yeah, they built that character so perfectly that you just wanted to see him get enmeshed in manure, mm-hmm. and it happened. Mm-hmm. You want to see him get clocked by George McFly, and it happened. Mm-hmm. With wrestling, because the idea that what we're seeing is a, is a performance – and it, it's sort of like, I don't know, takes a little bit. It takes you a little, it takes, 
it, the suspension of disbelief isn't quite the same as it is in like a movie or a fictional show. So if you get somebody out there and they're performing, oh, I'm a bad guy and they're doing a really good job like MJF. Do I really want to see him get beat up? Yeah, kind of. He gets really close. But in the end, I just think that he's really cool and he's really entertaining. He's doing a really good job. And I just appreciate that. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho. I don't really care about seeing him get beat up. I just think he's entertaining as all get out. And that's AEW where that stuff is supposed to be done really, really well. Yeah. You take a look over in WWE. Now, one of the closes was Randy Orton. He's doing a really, really good job. But even by the end of that Beth Phoenix segment, the crowd was all chanting, oh, one more time, one more time, RKO, RKO. Um, so it's just, I think it's just really difficult. I think the performers who are really, really good at it, people appreciate how really good they are. Here, I'll, and, the, and on the flip side of that, if you get the crowd actually not liking you, what do they say? Oh, I just want to be gone. Like Baron Corbin. I think Baron Corbin is probably the best heel in the business today, but I don't want to see him on my TV because he's, no. he's just boring. It's the wrong kind of heat. Um, I'll say, I don't, I don't think the the gulf between a uh, uh, movie villain and wrestling heel is that far in terms of suspension of disbelief the one thing that's missing is there's real time uh, 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 validation or response to whatever the heel is doing and that's missing for a movie you can be sitting in the theater and appreciate the performance at the same time you're not going to be you know like you know the the villain movie does something that's that's nefarious and awful but in other sense uh, uh, like engrossing you're not going to start chanting one more time one more time on the movie screen well, you know, you can still have the same appreciation for performance and for a movie villain you can for a pro wrestler. I'm just saying there's not the same real-time interaction between performance, performer and viewer that there is in a movie. Know, I don't really think that's the—I don't think that's the thing. I mean, I've seen movies where I'm sitting there and, I mean, I have my internal monologue when I'm watching a movie. Uh -huh. I, you know, I, if— Okay, so for example, like the, off the top of my head, just because I saw a clip of this— with uh, what was it, the Last Jedi? Yeah, uh, I, there was like a scene with Snoke uh -huh. and uh, and uh, Kylo Ren. I'm a big. I know Kylo Ren's supposed to be a bad guy and everything, but in this particular scene, Kylo Ren was the face and Snoke was the heel. It was yeah. just a one on one. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Snoke sort of throws down Kylo Ren and he sort of treats him like crap. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, oh man, I want this dude to get his head cut. I'm not thinking to myself, man, that was a great performance. One more time, one more time. Keep on pushing him down. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking that. Well, I think also there's the situation too. MJF gets the closest because he seemed like he gave a, a kid the finger at an at a autograph signing today on Wednesday. Yeah, but seriously, when you showed that to me, I wasn't like... Oh, honestly, no. The closest thing, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get your piece in. I know I've talked a lot. Uh, Brock Lesnar. And the reason why Brock Lesnar is such an effective heel when they really play up his contract stuff uh -huh. and him not being there and Brock Lesnar laughs it off and he climbs the money in the bank thing. I, Brock Lesnar, they have built it as such a monster. I love to see him get wrecked. I love to see him eat a pin because they've done such a masterful job making me believe that this guy is only in it for the money. Uh, he's, he's out there and he makes everybody else look stupid. Uh, he's backstage and he just owns Vince McMahon. They've done such a job convincing me, the audience member, of that because half of that is true. I'd say more than half of it. Two thirds uh, of it are true. Yeah. So, like, that's a guy that I'm like, man, I want to see this guy get beat up. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, anyways, my point is, you know, I'm not saying there isn't a gulf. I don't think, at least me personally, the gulf isn't that wide. I'm sitting there watching a movie. Yeah, I can get sucked into the world. But I think if pro wrestling, if in a particular sequence or a moment, if the world building's done well enough, uh, like when uh, Orton turned on Edge, mm -hmm. that was just pitch perfect. Everything about that, perfect. Sure. They built the moment up to their reunion. It was joyous. 
They sucked you into that moment, into that world those two men were creating, and then they destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And I've it's been a long time since, since I've seen anybody in the middle of the ring get that level of heat that Randy Orton got that he's, day. He's the kind of guy who, because he succeeds so much, yeah. and he's just he, but, he comes off as a prick, you want to see him get a beat The up. problem with Randy Orton, too, is he's been around for so long, he's done enough cool stuff that he's got that uh, level of equity with the fan base. At the end of the day, people just want to see him RKO people, mm-hmm. whether he does jacked up stuff or not. The major issue, especially in WWE seemingly with heels, and you're right about uh, the way uh, kayfabe is, 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 is gone, that we as uh, ingesters, viewers of wrestling entertainment, when we see someone doing a good job, heel or face, we enjoy watching their work. Sure. And, and yeah, we might not have the same visceral reaction uh, wrestling fans of your did seeing uh, heels heal it up. Not even close. Um, but uh, I, I think it's not... F- for lack of trying of the performance part, it's just a different level of appreciation us because we're more well-versed on what's going on behind the scenes, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We know this is this is a performance. We're under no illusion. I don't think many people back then were under any illusion that it was real. Um, but we for sure are not. Uh, by and large, in WB now, I feel like they don't let the heels go far enough. Like Orton, when he decimated Edge, great. Some of the stuff Orton did to Jeff Hardy, great. You know, when he stuck his finger in his ear hole and twisted yeah. around and Pulled on it. That was great. But you have Baron Corbin, who's probably the top heel on SmackDown. What's the worst thing he's done? Dump dog food on somebody. It's juvenile. You know, the worst thing he's done is showing up every week and well, taking that, 20 minutes of my time. One individual thing. <laughs> like, there's nothing threatening about Baron Corbin. Yeah, right. What, you're going to dump dog food on me? Yeah, right. Yeah, moderately embarrassing. But at the same time, it's like, you're not, gonna, you're not a threat yeah. to end my career. And that's yeah. what Orton is right now. Um, and by and large, like when they're building up Braun as a monster heel, that's what he was. I mean, he got to the point where he's doing so much cool stuff. The crowd was getting behind him. But at first when he was terrorizing Roman week after week, it's doing cra- yeah. crazy stuff it to helps, him. It helps when you have like a massive human being. Yeah. And you'd like to see that kind of thing get beat up because it just seems like a novel concept. Yeah. I mean, like even MJF, he's trying his damnedest and, and he's just so good at his job that it's hard not to appreciate the, the level of craftsmanship he applies to his he's trade. He's entertaining. He's clever. He's enter- he, is, you know? he is entertaining and he is clever. Um, and he's not the, the physical threat that Braun or Orton right. or a lot of other great heels are, but he's got Wardlow back in his play, and that's the physical threat. Yeah, and that was a smart move. And so, yeah, yeah. you want people, you want somebody to get their hands on him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he he's the best heel that AEW has, oh, and yeah. AEW is where, you, you know, if, if you want to say, hey, I want the, the creative freedom to do it. No, no, Young Bucks might be the top heels in AEW right now. <laughs> well, in my heart, yeah, because they just won't leave that guy alone. Hey, man, Paige, they don't want to be your friend. Uh, or he doesn't want to be your friend. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, like, the way we interact with pro wrestling, the way we view it, it's just, I think it's a lot different these days. Oh, it totally is. You know, but I think, I mean, that's one thing that's sort of underrated about Brock Lesnar is that, you know, I mean, I, I, I put this question out there because I, I kind of want to do a video about it. Uh, why people have rage quitted the network over various, you know, incidents or, or, or stories or whatever. And one huge answer that I get is when Brock won money in the bank, man, people hated that. Um, people really hated that yeah. because it was like Mustafa Ali's to win. Yeah. And then Brock comes in and he's just sitting up there with his big purple face smiling. Yeah. And it's like, man, I want to see this guy get his ass kicked. I really, mm-hmm. I even loved it 
when he went to the UFC and I was like rooting for him to get his ass kicked and he would play that up. Oh yeah. You know, he was a heel there too. Yeah. He was a great cutting promo saying he wanted yeah. to drink what Bud Light instead of Coors Light. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was good stuff. You know, those guys are so few and far between because there are so many different factors well, that go into I, I, what they do. Brock's a unique case. He is. Sure. He's legitimate across the board. He's mm-hmm. a legitimate fighter. Like, like you mentioned, the, the reasons that he gets heat, is for the most part pretty legitimate. You know, I thought they actually did a pretty good job with in terms of man, I really want to see her get her butt kicked as Shayna Baszler. Mm. Her streak, and it's funny because her run was a bit different than Oscar's, where Oscar's was just fun to see her destroy everybody. Yeah. With Shayna, because she's got that MMA thing going, she talks like a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, she like literally was bullying people in mm-hmm. NXT during mm-hmm. one part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh man, this it's fun to see her get. You know, like that that Rhea Ripley match where she finally took down Shayna, like that was a legitimate like, oh my god, this yeah. is great. It's like yeah. we sort of saw it coming, but at the same time, and then they have all the fans get in there, or whatever they did. Yeah, it felt like cathartic moment. It really did. It really did. And I think that's that is what a strong heel is. It felt, um, it felt like when the bully, the school bully, he's or she's the one that finally, well, I guess in this case she, but he is the one that gets gets the wedgie. You know, yeah, exactly. Rather than doling him out, totally. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Uh, next, got a question from Doc Hensler. He's doing he's doing surgery on his dog. No, this he's time. walking the dog. Oh, that's what he calls surgery. Hey, Stephen Larson, this is your favorite doctor, Doc Hensler, here with my Matt Chat question for the week. So, as you can tell, I'm not in the operating room. I'm actually on vacation, so I'm taking my my little dog Todd out for a walk around our apartment complex. So, um, my question for the week is with Elimination Chamber coming up, I want you guys to power rank your top five favorite gimmick matches of all time. Um, This could be anything from Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, Royal Rumble, um, anything really, so uh, just let me know. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Doc Hensler. Thank you, Doc Hensler. Dog and Doc Hensler. Todd Hensler and Doc Hensler. So instead of just doing our, our five favorite gimmick match types, we're getting specific. I think he was talking about. I being think so specific. too. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is what it, for me what it is. Uh, I don't know if these are any particular order. Uh, maybe the first two, first three. Uh, Rumble '92. Yes. Great. One. Uh, Ric Flair won. Oh yeah. With the vacant WWE title. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, the 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 level of talent in that match is off the charts. Uh, great storytelling throughout. Uh, Flair winning was awesome. Uh, kind of wish Sid would have won, but hey, what can you do? Um, like the only kind of lame part of it was Hogan pulling Sid out, but then the crowd booed Hogan, so that's kind of cool. But then they went and dubbed it over, so they cheered yeah, when man. Hogan pulled Sid Pretty out. Lame. See, people love Sid. Next, <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 17, the TLC match. I was there at WrestleMania 
2000 to witness kind of the, the, the early beginnings of the TLC bouts between Edge and Christian, uh, Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys. Uh, this was kind of the culmination of all those matches. Uh, of course, Edge Spear and Jeff Hardy off the belts. Oh, yeah. Um, incredible moment. Awesome match. Uh, those guys put themselves through hell for our entertainment. Uh, another ladder match, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10. Uh, still easily top three ladder matches of all time. Mm-hmm. Just brilliant, 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 brilliant stuff. Groundbreaking. Uh, Razor Ramon, one of the more underrated in-ring performers oh, for sure. in pro wrestling and HBK, one of the best. Uh, any beat the clock challenge as a gimmick type, that's my favorite. I love beat the clock challenges. It's very tense. It is. Except for that one. No, wait. What was that one? It was like Seth and Dolph. Was it that Seth was a, that was an Iron Man match? That was an I. That's right. That's terrible. That crowd was awful. Yeah, they just kept on counting down with the clock. Like I, I do like, and they took the clock away, and the crowd booed. That's so bad. That's such a bad, bad crowd. And I actually, I could put. Uh, actually, that wasn't an Iron Man match. The uh, I thought the Bailey and Sasha Banks's Iron Man match was really good, mm-hmm. but the one prior where Bailey beat Sasha for the belt, that's one at Brooklyn. The first Brooklyn takeover was phenomenal. Yeah, it's still stuff. one of my favorite NXT matches ever. Um, and I know I'd say I was going to say specific, but I guess I'll say uh, the season two Aztec warfare match in Lucha Underground. Um, it's you can you can be eliminated. It's like a battle royal, but it's uh, oh shoot, yeah, no, I know. No, I should you, say no, you can't you can't keep no. I I just did that. Yeah, I haven't said mine yet. You've already said yours. Is it going to be Raider Reyes? Yeah. <laughs> Aerostar won a sword. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to say Raider Reyes last we year. We can Aerostar use that as a co-answer, okay. But, but the Aztec Warfare match, you haven't seen that. The season, season two was when uh, Matanza, Jeff Cobb, shows up yeah. and eliminates half the field. It's was great. Was Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Blue Demon Jr., was that well, it's a, a it's gimmick a hair, match? It's a hair versus mask match. Yeah, yeah. that's on there because a cinder block was used and a, and hammer, a hammer was used. So that's going to be my number one. My number two is the FMW death match on water that we uh, did a, a like a tape uh-huh. sort of proto tape trade on. You can find that here on the channel somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, so there's that. Also, I really like that one NWA scaffold match where Jim Cornette blew out his knees. Oh, that's awful. Like everybody was blowing out their knees. Literally, that was like one of the more terrifying matches to watch. Yeah, it really. Because was. the scaffold was super thin. I don't even know if there's any railing on it. It was a mess. Yeah, it's, it's it a was nightmare. A it's a damn mess. nightmare. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, of course, Hell in a Cell, Foley versus The Undertaker. I mean, man, that just turned me into an instant like lifelong fan of Mick Foley. It was like, holy crap, that's crazy. Uh, you mentioned this, uh, and I'm glad that you uh, reminded me of this, but the match that kept me going, that introduced me, introduced me to New Japan was the New Japan Rumble from Wrestle Kingdom 2017. Uh, it was really good stuff. Why is it? Don't call me. Um, Don't they know we're doing a show? No, it's a one eight 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 number. So, mm. uh, And then I've got on here, uh, I'm just going to go a little bit more recent. So I've got two Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt matches. There was a one where Daniel Bryan broke the, the Wyatt family thing. Where he was concussed. Yeah. And then there was uh, Daniel Bryan and, and the Fiend strap match. I oh, that yeah. was a solid that match. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Match. That was really good. Mm-hmm. All good options. Next question from the B Man himself. But yeah, Ray to race. Number Ray to one. Race. You get yeah, a man. sword. You get a giant sword. Yeah. If you win that. Uh, B Man Patrick Sparks got a question. Take it away, B Man. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right. AEW's got blood and guts coming up soon, which I am very much looking forward to. But it got me thinking, blood and guts is a very high way to, say, violence and whatnot. And 
I'm just curious of what amount of violence and blood and guts, hopefully not any guts, but blood and whatnot they're going to go to on that show. How far do you think that TNT will allow them to take it? Um, even in those parameters, what do you think they could do for crazy stuff and whatnot that'll actually be interesting and, I don't know, it's weird, it could work, could be underwhelming, could be awesome. What do you guys think? Thanks for another break. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, uh, Austin Theory 2.0. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the uh, the Blood and Gut special... I think the blood and guts aspect of it is going to be confined to the actual war games match that they're going to have. To say that every match is going to be a war games match. I'd be kind of surprised if they did that, but I don't know what the setup's going to be like. So I guess it's possible. Um, so yeah, I kind of feel like that this the, the the theme of blood and guts is going to encapsulate just the one match. It's not going to be every match on the card. It's not like you're going to have. You know, the librarian versus Orange Cassidy in a death match, although I'd pay to see that. Uh, so, yeah, I think you you can go ahead with your answer because your answer is probably right. Uh, hopefully somewhere between an average Cody match where he always seems to bleed. Yeah. and But not as far as the Omega Mox death match. They're going to reserve that, that kind of stuff lot. for the pay-per-view. That was a lot. Uh, a middle ground in there might be uh, Mox and Janela's bout or you got some hardcore spots. The worst it got is when Janela got a, a drop feet, feet first on some thumbtacks. Mm, sure. Not a whole ton of blood. Yeah. Creative violent spots as opposed to, to gore. Yeah, I right. feel like it's going to be the name of the game. Somebody's going to get bloody, though. Yeah, people Somebody's, will get bloody, yeah. without a doubt. But I don't think it's going to be like a, 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 you know, a, a FMW, FMW yeah. death match. Yeah. It's not going to be CZW cage of death type situation. I could be wrong, though. No yeah. fluorescent tubes. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, after all, this is, it, I'd, I'd maybe feel different if it was on paper. Exactly. This is going to be on cable, so it's not going to be that gory. Like, TNT, I think, will, like, trust them to take it as far as they think they should be able to. But I don't think that Tony Khan's going to let them, like, push that. No. You don't want to burn that bridge, man. No. They've got a good thing like, going. Cody got uh, busted open in his cage match against Ward Lowe. Uh, you know, that maybe plus 50% more. Sure, yeah. Something like that. That makes sense. That seems to be what my gut's telling me right now, but we'll see how, how if they keep promoting it as like super violent with like, uh, you know, a, a font that looks like dripping blood on everything. Yeah. Like they literally market this it's as like, like raw gate mutant, a living wrestling nightmare yeah. for the competitors. Might change my tune. Yeah, sure. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Next, got a question from Stephen M. Hey, friendos, just watching Raw and watching Drew come in and just the beat of his drums. He needs a mental, like a class WrestleMania entrance. Out of like, should every participant slash at least one participant in every match on WrestleMania have a huge WrestleMania entrance? I think they should, like, especially with the pyro back, everything. Everybody should just make WrestleMania should be Medfield special. And out of all the matches, kind of we know going forward, who should get a special WrestleMania entrance and what should their entrance be? Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. Uh, not everyone should have a special entrance because everybody has a special entrance. It's not going to feel as special. Yeah, it's only once a year, man. Yeah. Uh, no, it's once a year. It would feel special still. If but if, it was like, if, it. if everybody had like an opulent, fancy entrance by the time the main event happened where you really want to get eyeballs on it, people excited for it, and it's just, oh, here's another special, fancy entrance, you're going to be worn out by that time. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So, uh, your answer is the latter half of your answer is right. <laughs> I won't say what it is. Okay. I'll let that, I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> uh, usually two or three uh, wrestlers or tag teams get something special. Yeah. Uh, keep it that way. I think it should go up a little bit. Like super special. I'm talking like New Day coming out of a cereal box. That level is special. Yeah, that was great. Um, Drew should be one of them. If they really want to build him up, they need to make him feel like. Should he come out on a horse? No, that's too much. They'll probably do some sort of uh, what about uh, like a couple of Highlander in- type thing where he's got a giant sword like he just won Ray to Reyes. A couple of like uh, indie jobber guys like in a horse costume and he's on top of them. You know, you got the two person horse costume. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like the Wild Boys when they went out. But probably they were, not. They were like in a tiger costume no, yeah. or a zebra or something like that yeah. and they got legitimately attacked Maybe. by it. You know, they might try, they might do, and they, I know they did the, the bagpipes thing at TakeOver for Drew. Sure. They might try to do some uh, Braveheart or Highlander thing, um, given that he's from Scotland. Um, who knows? Outlander. Outlander. Where he's there a time traveler. time traveler. Like Aerostar. Um, yeah. Again, full circle. Raider Reyes. Raider Giant Reyes. swords. Exactly. Um, Drew should get something fancy. Um, Edge. Yeah, Edge will get something cool. And then just have Orton come down a giant snake, please. Is that yeah. too much to ask? No, it's not. It's, it should be every, honestly, that should be his standard entrance. Exactly. At this point. Uh, so I'm going to say this, though. So, I, yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think a couple more special entrances wouldn't kill anybody. But everybody, everybody should. There's nothing more disappointing than when somebody shows up at WrestleMania and they've got their Raw or SmackDown entrance gear on. They're just wearing the normal thing. Yeah. Like for some people that kind of work, like Dean Ambrose, when he was around, it kind of made sense for him. Although I think even when the Shield was a thing, they had like special masks or something. But like nobody wants to see just like Baron Corbin just show up, normal Baron Corbin, you know? I thought you were going to say no one wants to see Baron Corbin show up. Well, that is actually true. That's a very good point. But nobody wants to see, I mean, like, everybody needs their special gear, their entrance gear special for WrestleMania. I, I, everybody should We have can that. agree with that. Special gear is a must. Um, next question from Christopher Rampersaw. <laughs> hey, Steven Larson. So my question is, I think Tommaso Ciampa should have turned heel on Johnny Gargano at the last takeover. It makes better sense. Tommaso Ciampa is a better heel than Gargano. I think... Gargano is a better face. I know it would have been weird and crazy booking, but I think long term it would have worked and Triple H would get the satisfied 
storylines he wanted. What do you guys think? How would you guys book this? Let me know. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Give me your opinion. Have a nice day. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, should Ciampa have turned heel and Gargano? No, because I don't think they should have gone back to this well. Hey, wait a second. I think I go first now. No, you went first last time. No, you didn't. You oh, said sorry. the spiel about the entrances. Uh, no. <laughs> they shouldn't have gone back to that well. We're all tired of it. I'm tired of these two fighting. Who cares what's heel? Look, if it was, if it was me, if, look, okay, you want to do another Gargano Ciampa? Great. Even have the finish that happened at TakeOver. That's fine. But then have Champa just be Champa and Gargano just be Gargano in their current states. And they can still have a match. They can still do it. Just have Gargano say, look, dude, I, I, I love you in every respect. But I told him I made myself a promise a long time ago that I'll be damned if you're ever going to get that title again. So if you want to lay me out, lay me out. We'll do it again. We'll run it back. But this whole like, oh, all of a sudden Gargano's a bad guy now. And then he's a good guy. And then he's a bad guy. It doesn't Yawn. fit him at no. all. Yawn. He see like he's a very like he's he should just be him. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No. This whole thing seems forced. It does. They're forced into these roles. I agree. Um and I, I even if Ciampa like towards the end of Ciampa's heel run, like people were cheering him because he was awesome. Yeah, he was doing incredible work. Question, yeah. And he's out with that neck injury, comes back. Short of him of uh, like you know uh, I don't know do something like evil to Gargano evil no one's gonna boo Champa yeah right it's just not gonna happen so yeah. if you're gonna, if you're gonna force this Gargano Champa feud to to come back just have them be who they are nobody even real like nobody there, there wasn't even much of a reaction this past no. like last week like on no one NXT. I can't feel like anybody was clamoring for this this feud to continue mm -hmm. especially not in this sort of ham fisted way I know um like wait. And maybe they're not an opportunity. They don't have an opportunity to wait to take their time with it. Like wait six months, have an organic build rather than just a, a, a flip switch inside Gargano. I'm sure that's because he lost to Finn. He's not Mister NXT anymore. He sees Champ on the verge of winning the title. He, you know, said to himself, "No way would I ever let Champa win that belt." Yeah. But you know, have some time between when when Finn beats Johnny, where Johnny's like, "Well, who am I now if I'm not Mister NXT?" Yeah. He's searching for meaning in his career. And then, you know, uh, Ciampa's... I mean, that was what was going to happen when, uh, you know, Gargano and Finn were supposed to have that match at the previous takeover or whatever it was. Um, but anyways, it just feels rushed. It feels unnecessary. doesn't feel organic. doesn't feel earned. Yeah, I agree. And that's the problem with it. Next, Cult of False Realities. Two questions from him. Take it away. What's good, Stephen Larson and all the friendos out there? Cult of False Realities, back with another match chat question. And this one, I'm doing two questions in one because I'm going to cheat. I'm sorry. So, question one, should Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander be AEW's basic version of Dominic Dajakovic and Keith Lee? <clears throat> and question two, should finishers be, I guess, passed down from, like, legends to basically, like, present future superstars you know how rick flair passed on the figure four to the miz you know should goldberg basically give you know be like oh it's okay for roman to do the spear or you know different stuff like that like should certain stuff be passed down to make it you know i guess a little bit you know better something like that but give me give me your answers guys too sweet too good shoulder lean all that See you. Thank you, Cult False Reality. Thank you. Do so I go much. first this time? Yes, sir. You I do. go first this time. All right. Uh, really, just let 
if if they want to do a long term feud between Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander, just let their feud be their own thing. Mm-hmm. Don't compare it to someone else in any other feuds per se. I understand you got you got uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, two dudes who are immensely talented. You got Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander, two women who are immensely talented. Um, uh, you want to see him feud, but just let each feud exist in its own universe, you know? Well, what's the thing that Keith Lee and, and Dominic, Dominic Di, Chris Dijak have, and have together? Like, they've got a history going back to the Indies that yeah. you can mine. Like, they have a history of going at it with each other. That Rivalry that's been going on for years. Carried yes. on to PWG. This doesn't have the same history, no, so that no. doesn't. Um, as far as for the moves, no. I believe wrestling moves are like Friendo Club for everybody. Um, uh, if you want to do a move, just do the move. I understand there's some, uh, here in the States at least, that's my attitude. I think in Japan, uh, things are a little different. I know B Priestley got some flack from using somebody Ooh. else's finisher. Uh-oh. Um, uh, but here, if someone's got a move and it's cool, uh, as long as you don't like say, I invented this, yeah, just do it. I kind of like the idea, though. I like that. I like that, you know. If, if there's a good story to be told from a, a legend passing down his finish to an up-and-coming talent, yeah. using the Flair and Miz example is not a good one because to this day, Miz is not very good at putting on the figure so four. that wasn't a terrible idea. It's just he didn't know how to he put on the figure he still four. He kind of doesn't know how to he put He doesn't really know how to put it on. Um, if you want to build a story about that. So like Natalia using the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. You're all part of the Hart Foundation. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Flair using the that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So you get, you know, maybe either via family or a guy like Kevin Owens, who spiritually might be a kind of Stone Cold successor. You could see in some way some parallels there. Him using the stunner, I think, is a pretty cool idea. Mm-hmm. I know Stone when Cold S- didn't bequeath it to him, when but Seth was doing the pedigree. I thought that was see that yeah, and that it wasn't would like make Triple sense. H gave him his blessing on TV. That never happened. Right, and Seth just started doing it. Didn't he start doing it in their feud? Yeah, I think so. I think he started like aping it in their feud, which I think is an, another good story to yeah. tell because as as Triple H has been his mentor. Tell, that's fine, but if if, yeah. if you just have like if if I'm just using an example because it popped in my head. I know the reason the Fiend started using the Man of the Claws because after he used it on Foley. But if like Foley had showed up as Mankind and went to the Bray, went to Bray and goes, "Hey, you know that Sister Abigail move is great. It's just not cutting it for you. Try Mandible Claw." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I know, I know. But I do like like the general idea of you know uh, Bray using that move on Foley, essentially stealing it from yeah, him. Yeah. That's a cool. I mean, and that's another way that you can you know pass it on, not literally. Pass by, it on, hey, yeah. buddy, it's all yours now. The Flair Miz example, that's like the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Where you literally yeah. have a promo in the middle of the ring where Flair's like, hey, you should try the figure four. Yeah. Mm-mm. And they do it together, and Miz is like, how do I do this again? Yeah. That was awkward. Yeah, that's no good. That was awkward. Uh, finally, got a text question from Rich. Uh, he says, you guys commit a crime, and three wrestlers are trying to murder you. Oh, no. What crime did you commit, and which three wrestlers are in charge of solving the case? You commit a crime and three wrestlers are trying to murder you? And then what do we do? Why are they do? trying to murder me? We must have done something they thought was pretty bad. Gimmick infringement. So we took the finishers of... What's New Jack's finisher? Jumping off something high? Make guys bleed. I guess. Uh, uh, who's like somebody like... I don't know. Somebody would legitimately be scared of. If I stole Stan Hansen's lariat. Mm-hmm. He seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, he seemed though. like a sweet dude. Yeah, I know. So did Vader. Yeah, I know. They were just, they were just stiff in the ring. Yeah. Something of guys who are legitimately scary. I don't know. Uh, so, 
yeah, crime. Is I mean, is he, is he talking about a real crime? Like gimmick infringement isn't actually. It's a wrestling crime. And it's just a faux pas, really. Well, depending on, on the nature of the gimmick and how important it is a particular wrestler, that could be a character assassination, which is a major wrestler crime. Now, that character assassination only took place in Canada, and that involved Bret Hart losing his title. There we go. Maybe Bret Hart, we upset him so much. By doing something fairly innocuous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he has a bone to pick with us. Him and <laughs> are, are there any remaining members of the Hart Foundation, like the original Hart? Let's see. David Boy Smith's dead. Pillman's dead. Mm-hmm. Nightheart's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, Owen's dead. Jesus. Yeah. I don't know who's that. Maybe a couple that. of his brothers. Bruce Hart. Is he still alive? I don't know. What about that one guy who was Hart, but he wasn't a Hart? He wasn't even like close to being affiliated with the Hearts, but his last name is still Hart. Was it like a Lance Von Erich situation? No. This guy, he was like in... Uh... God, it was a different Hart, dude. But he had no. Wasn't Bruce? Don't say Bruce. No, no. I'm just saying if he's still alive. Oh, he's still alive. (laughs) Who's the other heart? He was like crap. Was he like mid south or something? Hold on, mid south heart wrestling. Who am I thinking of? Gary Hart, not Jimmy Hart. Although that would actually, yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary Hart. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary Hart. There's also Jimmy Hart. But there's a lot of hearts out there who aren't actually affiliated with the hearts. Mm-mm. Interesting. All what right. was the question? What crime do we commit against those three wrestlers? Well, if it was Brett, if we just like so much as is, 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 is we're accused of besmirching the heart name, yeah, right. he'd be coming after us. If he, he, I, he probably saw. I wonder if he ever saw the uh, controversial wrestling opinions. Right? Maybe. Because like, oh, that was, the video got a lot of views. Yeah, I know. I think somebody snitch tagged us probably. Probably. Hey, Brett, look what these guys said. Oh. These guys, Whoa. two out of ten podcasters. <laughs> wow, he gave us two. <laughs> Do have a decent subscriber base. Couple of couple of dickheads. Anyway, so he's got it. bone to pick with us. But then we got to have three wrestlers in charge of solving the case. Oh Jesus Christ, Rich! We got to have uh, Tyler Breeze and Johnny Curtis. Okay, sure. Oh, Ali was an actual cop. And Ali, there you go. So, like, if you want something done, call Ali, call E, and uh, and he'll help. That he will. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for match chat. Sure. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Gary Hart. Gary Hart. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Wasn't it his thing that had uh, uh, Terry Reynolds? No, that was Alex. That was uh, the York Corporation. Sorry. Oh, the York Foundation. Is that York Foundation or Corporation? Hold on a second. You can look this up. Anyway, Corporation well, sounds too much. Yeah, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.